You look very serious, Brent. You look very, very... Oh, now there it is. There's the smile. Uh, here we are. We are in the parking lot of Portillo's, uh, the one in Willowbrook. That's hockey player Brent Sopel. You may remember him from the team that won the freaking Stanley Cup in 2019. That's a long time ago. You might not remember me, but... Oh, no. We'll never forget. <laughs> yeah, that, that was a, a drought ender. That, yes. that was that was a big deal. Uh, but it's Caracol Carne, presented by the Autobahn Mazda of Evanston, 1015 Chicago Avenue. Uh, I've been driving a CX-9, a, a Mazda CX-9 lately. Super powerful ride, more torque than the Infiniti QX60 and Acura MDX. And this month, November, the Autobarn's offering financing as low as 1.9% for 60 months on select Mazda models, up to $2,000 customer cash. Uh, so before you hit the road for Thanksgiving, or maybe after Thanksgiving's over and you feel like you need a treat after dealing with the family, go to the Autobarn Mazda of Evanston. Brent Sopel, are you ready to eat sausage and uh, talk hockey? Let's and, do this. Okay, let's do this. It's Car Con Carne. So much to cover with you. Let's start with the news. Was Coach Q scapegoated? <laughs> you know, Coach Q will, will go down as, uh, you know, he'll be in the Illinois uh, Hall of Fame. He's going to be in the Hockey Hall of Fame. And what he did for the city, three Stanley Cups and, you know, in, in eight years. It, it's amazing. There's teams that, you know, the St. Louis Blues have never won a Stanley Cup. And, you know, obviously the Chicago Blackhawks fans know, know, know St. Louis, but. You know, I feel you know I feel awful. I think that uh, Joel should have finished out the year and then you know reassess what uh, you know what ownership and management wanted to do from there. I think he he deserved it. You know he owned it. But uh, you know on that being said, I know uh, I know the young kid uh, Jeremy. You know coming in, uh, I feel terrible for him. He's he's coming into a tough situation at uh, at the age of ripe age of 33. <laughs> <laughs> what what was the thing you learned that that had the greatest impact? From Coach Q, like what stayed with you from playing on the Hawks? You know the respect level that uh, that Joel had for you know for everybody. You know um, Joel gave us our space. Uh, you know the dressing room was our place. He you know he didn't come in there, but he could manage personalities better than than any coach. You know I started skating when I was two. Played played a, hockey, a lot of hockey. Had a lot of coaches, good and bad, but he could he could manage personalities. You know there's some guys where. You had to pull them aside and just say, "Hey, you know, I need more out of you, or I need this, this, and this." Or, you know, some guys you had to get them in their face, and there's some guys you had to to call out the media. But he, you know, he could manage those personalities, and you know, he got the most out of the players uh, by doing that. And as you can see, obviously, three Stanley Cups is is no joke. So, it's hard to talk about your hockey career without talking about what's come to light recently. Dyslexia. Yep. Uh, you've started a foundation, uh, the Brent Sobel Foundation. Uh, this is a stunning number. One in six people have dyslexia. Yeah. That, that, that seems way higher than I ever would have imagined. You know, it's, you know, and that's crazy. You know, I, you know, when I start talking to people, you know, every one in two people are going to get cancer. Well, next in line is dyslexia. You know, it's, it's staggering. You know, the second point, it, it's hereditary. You know, so it, it's not going anywhere. Um, there's no cure that can be, you know, we're born with it. You know, that's the way we're wired. And you take a look at, uh, you know, your kids, if you got kids in a the classroom, there's, you know, between 20 and 30 kids in each classroom, you know, take 20% of those kids that have it. It's, it is a staggering number and nobody talks about it. 
you know, I always use autism. You know, everybody knows what autism is. And I think it's one in 60 or one in 65. You know, compare that to the you know, one in five, the one in six of dyslexia. It's, it's mind blowing. And, you know, people have no idea how debilitating, you know, dyslexia is. And then that's why I bring it up. I mean, I want to talk about the foundation, but specific to you as a hockey player, you didn't realize nope. at your NHL peak that you had dyslexia. And it was something that just, it affected your your your, your self-perception and your, your self-esteem. Yeah, you know what, and, and that is the, the biggest thing is self-esteem. Um, you know, my self-esteem on... On that side of the world, you know, obviously I played hockey. I won a Stanley Cup. You know, that that's that's a different view. But inside me and that self-esteem of being able to be like everybody else and, and read a book and write emails really well and be able to sound words out, you know, my, you know, my self-esteem is is very low when it comes to that. And, you know, that's what that's why I'm here and that's why I started this foundation because I never want another kid to, to feel the way I do and, you know, teachers, you know, call you stupid or lazy because you're, you're not working and you can't get it. So they think that to, you're just, just messing around. And, um, you know, I just, I had somebody reach out to me uh, the other day and his third grade teacher put him in the hallway all year long. So this poor kid sat in the hallway all year long because the teacher thought he was just messing around with just, you know, was joking. So it was undiagnosed as it was for Correct. you for many years. But, you know, so this guy's, you know, still scarred as, you know, as I am, you know, going through that. So, you know, it's it's a long process to really get the word out there of, you know, what this is and the severity. And um, you know, I think we were talking off air, you know, the study that I that I read, the, we figure about 50% of the prisoner, prisoners in the world have dyslexia. 50%. So... Talking about self-esteem and mm-hmm. playing hockey, since you were diagnosed after you won the Cup, I mean, back then when you won the Stanley Cup, I mean, did you have those issues then? Because, you know, looking on the outside, it's like, holy shit, Brent Sopel, he'll, he'll defend anybody. <laughs> he, 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 he won the freaking Cup. That's how you felt under the uniform. You know, and, you know, and I've learned a lot through, you know, through my struggles and, you know, ended up in rehab and, you know, getting sober you know, this world is not a friendly place. It's not easy. See, and we're talking about so much here. It's, yeah. it's a lot to unpack because you just talked about sobriety. You became an alcoholic. Yeah. And was that, I've got to assume there was a cause and effect. The debilitating nature, the, uh, the, the awful feelings of dyslexia led to you just kind of numbing yourself. Yeah, you know, it's, and, uh, you know, like I was just saying, you know, the world's, the world's not a friendly place and you know, we're, we all go through something. We're all dealing with something and you know I've learned that I'm not in you know anybody else's shoes but mine just like nobody's been in been in my shoes and you know we talk about the prisoners and the alcoholics you know you want to numb yourself because you know you when you're told you're only dumb and you're stupid for, for so long guess what you start believing that and you know your days aren't aren't happy you know so you start drinking and you're doing drugs or, or whatever that is to, to escape that feeling. And, you know, like I said, I was drinking. I'm like, awesome. You know what? I, you know, I felt good because I didn't have like to in, think about that. In season, you were... Yeah, you know, so I've been drinking, you know, drinking for, you know, for a long, long time. And, um, you know, obviously got really bad when, when hockey ended because here I am trying to leave the game that I played for, you know, 40 years, my whole life. It, it defined who you were and, publicly. Yep. And... Because you know you didn't, I didn't do well in school. Because I probably haven't gotten education past grade eight. Because my stepmom did a lot of my homework, 
and teachers just passed me, you know, and when you can't read, it's pretty tough to, to pass any classes. You know, so now here I'm entering the real world. Um, no education, no college degree, no experience, and nobody's going to hire me. And I've had a lot of rejections in the last three years when it comes to, you know, it comes to work with, you know, with all that. So, you know, you start drinking, you know, getting away the pain, uh, you know, of all this. And, you know, when you're not drinking or when you're drinking, excuse me, you don't, you don't think of that. Obviously, you sober up and, and then you start thinking about that. Guess what? Then, you, you know, you start you know, thinking about it. So, you know, it was a it was a vicious circle. You know, I had some uh, you know, some friends that uh, that stepped up and. Uh, did you know? Did an intervention and you know put me put me in rehab, which you know it was, was one of those things where you suddenly you walk in a room and yeah, wow. <laughs> just like the, just like the TV show, and had no no idea it was you know had no idea it was coming, but it was the best thing for me, and you know I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't if it wasn't for them because I was going down a you know a very slippery slope and I definitely wouldn't be here. Um, you know, it's, I'm sober over over two years and. Congratulations! You know, I appreciate that, and you know they, you know they, they saved my life. But uh, I've learned a lot in uh, in these past two years, and um, scratching the surface on, on dyslexia. And like I said, it's it's everywhere, and I don't want another kid to feel the way I do. Amazing, and it, it, we kind of touched on this, but you never realize the shit someone else is going through. No, and and that you know it took. You know, I always just you know, actually I was talking to a buddy of mine today. You know, when somebody cuts you off, and uh, I don't. You know, I don't honk my horn very often at anybody. I don't know what they're going through. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they're running the hospital. Uh, I don't know if they're late. Uh, you know, that's just me trying to put myself in somebody else's somebody else's shoe. I'm not there, so you know, I've I've learned a lot um, through you. Know, I've had a lot of ups and downs, and, uh, and you know, my fiance has been you know the most amazing person in the world, and she's she's pulled me out of some uh, you know some dark days, and you know. Um, if it wasn't for her, where I would be today, uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know. You know, I owe her my life, and um, it's uh, some days I don't know how she puts up with me. <laughs> so going back to that Stanley Cup win, you know, Kane scores the goal. Yeah. The the entire city erupts. Philadelphia erupts in an angry way. Uh, people everywhere are, are, are blown away. Yeah. You weren't able to truly enjoy it. You know, it was a childhood dream, and I knew that was going to be my. Um, my one and only shot to win it, and thank God that puck, you know, went in. I think, you know, if you if you watch the tape, I was the last guy to to get off the bench because I was so afraid that that puck didn't go in, and you know, we continued playing and you know wouldn't end up winning. So I got on the ice really slow and <laughs> you know wasn't going to celebrate until until we find out. But at the end of the day, you know, it was a childhood dream. We won it. You know, that side of me was fulfilled. But there's a whole different side of me that that has never been filled, you know, fulfilled for you know for years and years. This is tough to hear. I mean, I'm, I'm glad you're where you're at now, but this is tough. You've had a, a hell of a journey. Yeah, you know, I have, and and you know, I'm not. And the reason why, uh, you know, I'm being very candid with with where I am today is because, like I said, I don't want another kid to feel the way I do. And when you talk about 20% of the population has dyslexia. I guarantee right now there's a kid laying in bed or, you know, go walking to school, you know, somewhere that doesn't want to be there, doesn't feel good about themselves. Um, depression setting in and it just, you know, it sickens me. Like when I, I read the, you know, that guy who's reached out to me that he sat outside in the hallway for 
this whole third grade class um, just my heart you know sunk and it just made me sick and I know I'm not the only one this isn't a pity part for me this has nothing mm-hmm. to do with me it's the future it's those kids and well it's, it's your empathy it's, for other people I, you know I've got kids and at the end of the day I don't care if Republican Democrat you know everybody talks about that stuff no those kids are our future and we're not taking care of them well and you learned I mean you figured out that you had dyslexia because your daughter was diagnosed correct yep and all of a sudden, as the symptoms are being checked off, you, the light bulb went on over your head, like, "Oh my God!" And it's—I uh, don't know—we don't know what the exact um, percentage of people find out the exact same way, but it's staggering. You know, I've had because it's hereditary, and that's what you know. A lot of people don't know, and a lot of people in the same situation as me, uh, you know, struggle. I talk to a lot of fathers and mothers, and they say, say the same thing, and. Um, they're like, well, you know, didn't know, but we're going through the tests, and it was like, okay, there I am. That's me. That's me. That's me. And you get a little bit of a weight, you know, lifted off your shoulder, meaning, okay, there was something there. I wasn't that dumb. That wasn't that, that stupid. But still, it doesn't take away from the scars of you know all those years of the childhood. I get that. So we're watching. Uh, if you're watching on Facebook Live, that's Mike in the back seat. Hello. It's a mutual friend. He's hanging out in case people are wondering. Yeah. What's the security dude? guard? Yeah. <laughs> What's the dude with the Blackhawks hat doing back there? And the Cubs. Come on. Put it away. Put it away. It's not baseball season. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Uh, And and thank you, uh, if you are watching, for not watching the Bears as this is going on. That's a noble sacrifice. We do appreciate Football? The the Hawks are playing, though. How cold is it outside? I can't imagine. Oh, well, you're from Canada. (laughs) (laughs) Who am I talking to? All right, so we are going to stop the Facebook Live. This conversation will continue on Carcon Carney. You can get it on iTunes and Stitcher, uh, carconcarney.com, Google Podcasts. Um, But thank you for watching on Facebook Live. Watch for the podcast coming soon. Thank you, guys. Brent Sopel. Uh, you got to eat your sausage, too. We've got to dive right into it. Italian sausages and being being a really crappy host. Uh, So thank you for watching. Uh, Brent, you're amazing. Thank you. Did you just decide to drop anchor here, like you're playing with Chicago and... He would just never left. Well, you got uh, you know I've got uh, you know I got kids and you know I was a suitcase in the NHL. I got traded quite a bit. I think I was on, yeah. s- on seven teams. But <laughs> as your kids get a little bit older, at some point in time, you know you gotta you gotta set up shop somewhere. And uh, you know talk about cold. You know I'm from Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, up, up in God's country in Canada. You know in the in the winter time where it gets minus forty and minus fifty, mm-hmm. I'm like. Ah. Not sure I want to handle that, so uh, you know. Yeah, this is downright luxurious. Yeah, you know, like I said, I got uh, got a long sleeve T shirt on right now. That's as <laughs> that's as that's as high as high as I go. So, you know, obviously, you can be in you know, a lot worse places than than here in Chicago. And uh, you know, our kids were settled with their friends and school. So, um, you know, I got two left at home, and uh, they're both in high school. So, only have uh, you know a few more years before they uh, end off end off you know head off to college and. You know, spread their wings, and where will that be? Uh, we're not sure. Uh, have they gone the athletic route? Have they followed? Nope. Really? Nope. Uh, you know, is, I, is that rebellion? No, you know what's. Um, you know, I didn't want them to play hockey. You know, it's. Uh, I didn't want them. In, you, they would have always been compared to me. Mm-hmm. Now you look in the NHL. I get that. Yeah. You know, you look in the, in the NHL. There's some some great uh, some great prospects right now. Uh, you know, obviously uh, Keith Kachuk, who uh, you know St. Louis. But I battled against. He's got two boys in the NHL right now, so you know it can go it can go both ways. But uh, you know, my kids saw me come home and you know bleeding and stitches and surgeries, and you know they just 
it wasn't uh, you know wasn't their cup of tea and you know at the end of the day I said that's fine just own the teams rather than rather than play so you don't end up with mush brain and concussions like myself and you know all the stitches and all the surgeries yeah well what was the worst you ever got I mean, the hardest you ever got hit what was the you know what um, was, it, was it just cumulative that you know I I started playing playing hockey when I was two stayed in two uh, contact sport, you know, I think we started when we were 10, so I've been playing, you know, a physical sport for since I was 10 years old, and, but, you know, I, when I was playing, nobody knew about concussions, you know, I, oh, I right. got in fights and woke it up in the penalty box and got my blow wrong and saw Tweety Birds, and, you know, <laughs> and, and, and it was no big deal because nobody knew what, um, you know, what it was, you know, right. obviously it's a different story story now, but, you know, the year that we uh, won the Stein the Cup in uh, 2010, uh, right before the Olympic break, I end up getting uh, plantar fasciitis, mm-hmm. and I basically had to. Which call, is no fun if you're on skates. You know, it was it was it was one of the worst injuries. I ended up um, wearing a walking boot for, mm-hmm. you know, I want to say close to six or eight weeks. So I'd have the walking boot on, going to the rink, play the game, shower, and get back in my walking boot. But I end mm. up having to take a pain. Uh, pain injection for I think it was 45 games in a row, you know, from that Olympic break till we won the final game. Just oh to, my god, just to get through with uh, you know with all the pain and injuries and block shots that that I had. And uh, we're gonna break here. It's it's halfway through the show, and again, Kirkland Carnet is presented by the Autobarn Mazda of Evanston, 1015 Chicago Avenue. I got my last two cars there. Uh, you should just go check them out. Take a test drive. Uh, if you got the big family ready to go for the holidays, go for the CX9. I love. Love that car. All right, back to Brent Sopel. That that season, I was doing a lot of travel, and I was doing a lot of travel to Canada. I was doing a lot of uh, radio consulting for um, Chorus and Astral, or Astral, up there, the two big yep. radio companies. And I mean, that was the season, and that was when I was traveling. The second my cab driver would ask me, where are you from? I'm from Chicago. Let's talk about the Blackhawks. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, the hockey culture in Canada is so different. I mean, it, it's just a different world up there, up north. Oh yeah, you know, obviously. Uh, but the crazy thing is, so if you want to, uh, you want to win a bet every single time, you know, hockey is not Canada's national sport. Is it curling? It's lacrosse. It's, la- it's lacrosse. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So anytime you're in a bar, you want to make you know quick five bucks. There you go. <laughs> You'll get it every time. Thank but, you. Um, <laughs> You know, in Canada, that it is. You know, that's that's what everybody lives lives for and and breathes. We've got like three three TV stations now that are 100 percent percent sports, and everybody knows everything about hockey. But you know, a 2010 team ranks as top 10 best team um, of all time. I think uh, the NHL was did a poll was last year, maybe last year, or year before of of all the best teams, and I think we ended up being top 10 of you know, all time, you know, all time, which is, you know, we just passed 100 years in the NHL, uh, which is pretty amazing. You know, we had a, an amazing group of guys from, you know, from start to finish. What was it like when the parade happened? You know, it was... What did that feel like? Mind-blowing. You know, obviously, we, we went to the United Center, we had pictures and stuff, and, you know, we all got on the buses, and, you know, mm-hmm. we're all having a good time. We had no idea what we're walking. We had no idea what we're walking into. Which is great. I'm glad you did. It was, it was unbelievable. It was as far as you could see red, and I'm telling you, as high as you could see. You know, people were hanging out of their office buildings, and 
Uh, it, it was it was unbelievable. You know, I don't know what that final count was. They're saying like two or three million people. It was, you know, I, you know, I got goosebumps right now just just thinking about it. The the people that are out there, you know, the support. Obviously, it was a long drought. Uh, just the way everything unfolded that uh, you know that year. Uh, to, you know, drive down the streets and see everybody out there was, you know, it's still like I said, mind mind blowing. How do you feel when you had to leave the team? Oh, that tough? It sucked. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, you know, you go back to uh, late seventies. You got the Islanders who won four in a row, and you know, early eighties got the Edmonton Oilers, and and you can t- you can talk to. I'm sure if Stan Bowman could tell you, or you know, John McDonough, or Rocky, you just want to stand the couple. You don't want to get rid of anybody. Yeah. But you know, that's. You know, and that's what this is. You know, uh, the game of hockey is a business, and mm-hmm. all four major sports. So, the you know, salary cap is you know, come in, and um, you, you, when you win, guys get paid. And there's a lot of us that uh, that left. And, and that next year, I was in Atlanta and Montreal, and th- that was my last uh, last stint in in the NHL. So, there's no question. Um, I didn't want to leave. None of us wanted to leave, but uh, I can say, you know, I, uh, you know, I want to stand this up cup with the Chicago Blackhawks and. Um, you know, I left on on as high as note as uh, as you can get. What's the loudest place you 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 played? Like, oh. Was it the United Center? Mm-hmm. You're not just saying that. No, no, quite. Obviously, let's talk about. You know, the jerseys get rated number one. You know, every you know every single year out of any sports jersey in the world, United Center. There's no other place where people cheer during the anthem. You know, it's, you know, it's epic. There's nothing, nothing like it. So, you know, you get on the ice during, during Stanley Cup playoffs. You know, I always like to, like to sing whatever song where they were playing or whatever. That's just the way I calm my nerves. You know, I couldn't hear myself talk. That's and, amazing. You know, it's, you can't replicate that. And again, that's, uh, you know, another struggle of a professional athlete, you know, re- entering the world world because, <laughs> Where does that happen? You can't you can't re- replicate uh, the adrenaline and uh, you know what was going on that you know every time we stepped on the ice. So uh, so from the Hawks, we got traded to Atlanta. When right. I think there's like seven or eight of us got traded to Atlanta, and then I got traded to the deadline uh, to Montreal. That's right. That's right. You know, played played Montreal. We ended up losing to uh, the Boston Bruins in the first round in Game Seven in overtime, and that was the year that uh, the Boston won the, won the Stanley Cup. And then I went to uh, Russia for three years. Right, you were exiled to Siberia. Yeah, <laughs> comrade. That's exactly where the first team was for a year and a half, right? Dead center of Siberia. <laughs> that's. I mean, it's my parents threaten it all the time. Hey, if you don't listen, I'm going to send you to Siberia. Right. They anyway. did, They finally did. Right. They got their wish. Mission accomplished. Yep. Uh, so, as someone who's retired from the sport, I'm assuming your days are filled with the foundation now. Yeah. No, I've got you know I've got a lot going on. Um, you know, like I said. I've been rejected for a lot of time for the last three years with uh, trying to get uh, trying to get jobs and you know uh, Jimmy Bar, which is a protein bar company here based in based in Chicago, was was finally the one the one company that uh, you know gave me a chance and uh, you know hired me and so I've been doing doing a lot of work with you know with Jimmy Bar and um, you know trying to figure out the the new world and the food service world and how to get a contact with people mm-hmm. um, along with uh, with my foundation and then uh, you know my fiance and and all the kids so it's, it's my, a day, balance. My, my you know what I'm a million times busier now 
uh, than I ever was playing, you know, playing hockey. Uh, it, it's crazy. It's supposed to be vice versa, but it definitely isn't. Well, also, you're filling your free time with productive stuff and family stuff as opposed to boozing. Yeah, you know, it's and, and you know, the other one that I was telling somebody the other day is that since I, the day I was born, I was told where to be, when to be. Mm-hmm. You know, so, you you know, you go to school, you know, you got to be at school, you got your classes, you know, it ends and you got finals, you got this. Then I, I was told when practice is, when the bus is, when the plane is, when the game is. So I found I've had a schedule for my whole life. So um, when I left the game hockey, you know, when that schedule wasn't there, I was lost. And, I believe it. And it kind of, you know, it, it, it sounds funny, but I, I needed that, you know, I needed that schedule and, um, you know, my schedule was, you know, was drinking and trying to trying to numb that pain and and figure out where I'm going to go and how I'm going to do it. But you know, guess what? Oh, I got to reject it again. They're not going to hire me. Oh, you can only do commissions. So you know, sell this chocolate bar and I'll give you two cents for every chocolate bar. You know, um, it was just a full, of, you know, a ton of rejection for you know for a long time. Like I said before, the real world's not a friendly place, and um, you know that's where. You know, we got as people have to be have to be better and more sympathetic. And you know, how hard is it to say good morning or hold the door for somebody? You know, you don't know what that person or you know somebody's walking down the stairs or, or crossing the street struggling. You help them. You do not know, you know, what's going on in their life. I, I totally agree. And it's funny you kind of said this earlier. I'll be driving and people will be tailgating. I think tailgating is the most obnoxious thing in the world. But I, I, I've reached a point where I'm like. Whatever you need to get somewhere more yeah. quick than I do, I, I just don't care. I'm not. No. I'm going to mm-hmm. end up where I'm going with a smile on my face. Yeah. You do what you got to do. You know. And before I'd be like, you know, you know, there's so many times I've been hanging out the window and you know, telling this guy off or and tapping he, the brakes. I'm almost one. Yeah. Oh, I tapping the brakes and brights, and you know, mm-hmm. I'd be one of those guys that you see on Facebook and you know, road rage. You know, but uh, <laughs> you know, I've gotten to the point where like I don't know what they're and everybody, you know, everybody has something. And uh, you're right. Like, are they late for? Are they late for work? Um, you know, are they trying? Like, we don't know. Are they trying to get to the hospital? Is there is there something wrong? I you know I, I don't know. And I'm finally able to to understand you know understand that. Not and I wasn't before. So over seven or seven NHL teams, over one thousand games. If you were to summarize your career without seeing the Stanley Cup, how would you summarize your hockey career? You know. Uh, Obviously, pretty successful. Um, you know, I think the average length of career is is five years. So, you know, for me to play, you know, eighteen years pro and travel around the world, uh, you know, I'm great. I'm grateful for everything that the that the game of hockey, uh, you know, gave me and and allowed me to do and 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 allowed me to uh, allowed me to see and be a part of. Yeah, because you got to tour North America. And then I toured North America. Then when I was over in Russia, mm-hmm. I think we were in out of, you know, fourteen different countries. Um, you know, Sweden and Switzerland and Kazakhstan and Belarus and Latvia, just countries that you would never say, "Hey, I'm going to go on vacation." Yeah, let's go here. So places that most Americans couldn't find on a map. Yeah, you know, I so I know in Eastern Europe, you know, inside and out, and you know, saw some amazing, you know, amazing things and. You know cultures and met some some amazing people so you know the hockey the game of hockey's been been wonderful wonderful to me so going back to the Brent Supple foundation and dyslexia now that we know how many people this affects now that we know it's affected you to a near debilitating level it's led to addiction this 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 stuff is serious how can we help you know you know obviously 
uh, you can go to the Brent Sopel Foundation. Um, you know, right now we're doing a raffle, which will be drawn December 8th. And uh, it's the grand prize is four tickets to the Winter Classic game in South Bend. Oh, get out. The, the Hawks to, uh, against Boston. Uh, Two-night stay in the Hotel Thompson Hotel right downtown. A limo ride to the game and back. And a signed jersey for each team. So that's a grand prize. Oh, that's badass. You know, the second prize is two tickets to the game with a signed jersey for each. So, you know, it's $50, t- $50 for one ticket, 125 Or you can get on there and, uh, you know, and, and, you know, obviously put some donations too. So, uh, you know, it's it's a lot of work. You know, nobody knows the, the magnitude of this. And, you know, we've talked about numbers here you know, tonight. And they're staggering. And yeah. They really are. And like I said, there's, there's kids that's suffering. Uh, I... I get emails and, and contacts, and again, you know, also you know, go my email if if you have questions or concerns, uh, you know, please email me. Uh, I will get back to you. Uh, sometimes it takes me it takes me a little while to to get through, uh, you know, some of the emails and, and responses, but I will get back to you. But uh, you know, please, you know, obviously, uh, you know, donate if you can. Anything, you know, one dollar is better than than nothing for us. And you know, there's these kids struggling, or you know, you're a hockey fan. Um, pretty good value for you know something that uh, that could be actually a really good new year's day for for you and your family or, or some some friends oh, without uh, a doubt you know something like that so for those of us beyond contributing money i meet someone like you who i realize has trouble reading who has dyslexia how do how do we how do how do i conduct myself what, what can i do to help you i mean should I be calling instead of emailing? Should I be? <laughs> yeah, you know what? Obviously, uh, e- email. Uh, you know, a lot of email is obviously a great, great way to start. And because I ask you this, because I feel like a lot of people, myself included, don't really fully understand what dyslexia, no. and, the impact of dyslexia. You know, and, and that's you know, and that's right, and that's that's really why I started you know, started the foundation because, you know. I always say I can't tell a cancer patient how, how you're going to feel during chemo. I don't know. I haven't been there. But, you know, with, with dyslexia, I can tell you my struggles and, you know, and that, my pit in my stomach every single day, you know, that I have from it. But you've got questions or concerns, or you know, email me. Um, if it's something where we need to get on a, on a call and talk. Um, I was on a call uh, a couple months ago with a, with a family from, from New York. Uh, their son played hockey but was struggling with his left and rights and the coaches didn't know how to do it. So got on a conference call with the, with the family and the coaches and, you know, got an email back from the father a couple weeks later, thanking me and saying, you know, how, how amazing he is doing now. So sometimes it's, it's as easy as that. You know, sometimes there's, there's, there's a lot more that, that goes into it, but I'm here for anybody and everybody. Um, that, that's why I've started this is what I'm going to do. Uh, it's grassroots. It, it's, it's touching one person at a time and it's just starting that conversation. If you, you have it or one of your kids have it, you know, open the conversation up, you know, with somebody else or, you know, pass it to my website. And, and I'll tell you right now, um, there's a lot of people that are, are shamed and don't want to talk about it. And that festers inside. Sure. And guess what? You know, when is that going to come out? We don't know. And is it going to come out in a positive way? Absolutely not. So um, there's a lot more. You know, everybody's talking about mental health. I'll tell you right now, when you when you say 50% of the prisoners in the world have dyslexia, you know, everybody's talking about depression. We were born with this. So, you know, when you're one, you, you start to walk and you're starting to learn words, I guess, you know, you start getting your books in two, three in preschool and mm-hmm. kindergarten. Guess what? You know, you don't have depression then, right? But 
you're already noticing why can my friend read sure why can't i get that why does my brother and sister you know get this better than i do that's already starting to register you know at that age so then you get into grade one and grade two and and you keep struggling and the teachers say you're dumb and you're lazy guess what that's when the depression starts kicking in so you know dyslexia is you know we're putting the horse before the cart is where a ton of this starts and there's so many poor kids that uh, you know end up committing suicide from depression and tell you right now you know when you talk about the staggering numbers 20 percent of the world have this there's a lot of them that end up you know doing things that we all wish we you know never did Mm -hmm. it's because we didn't get to them we weren't able to have a conversation we weren't able to to find out what uh, where he's at and that self-esteem how do we fix it and how do we you know get him out of the position you know in his head where he is today i I think you're doing great work and i I, i'm inspired by what you've done i mean you're a tough sob no, well, yeah, you, I, mean, I appreciate you. You're, you're, you're tough on the time. ice. You're tough on the ice, but then coming through addiction and it's, this, I, it's you know, and and like I said, you know, my fiance's been been absolutely amazing. If it wasn't for those guys that put me in rehab, I wouldn't be here today. So, you know, I, I've had uh, you know, I've, I've had an amazing support system. Uh, you know, obviously, like I said my fiance's pulled me out of some dark days. She's she's been the most amazing woman in the world. But here I am starting the Brent Sobel Foundation. Guess what? You're not alone. Right. I am here to support you. Send me that email. You, you are not alone. I will get back to you. Uh, you know, like I said, if I got to have a you know, phone call with you, um, wherever you are, North America, I am here. You're not alone. And that's my biggest message. You're not alone. You know, I had an amazing support system, but you do too now because I am there and I have some absolutely amazing board members that, uh, that are doing some great things. And, you know, we're trying to do uh, a lot of great things to, to get out there, but you're not alone. So please, you know, know that. I feel like I want to hug you. <laughs> uh, Brent, thank you so much for doing this. And please, eat your, I, oh, I don't. I appreciate the Portillo's, and I am going to fire athlete. this I, down. I, I feel like <laughs> you need to constantly be eating food just to you know, stay I'm, upright. I'm fat and washed up and, oh, and overweight, it. you know. So, Dude, those... you, you look like you're 30 years old and ready to hit the ice tonight. <laughs> All right, how much how much do I have to pay you for that comment? <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Uh, but anyways, thank you, dude. Really appreciate oh, thank it. Thank you. You and uh, all the work you're doing. Yeah, thank you very much.